Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen each day. The Jets are on the road in Foxborough this weekend as they come off their bye. Joining me today to preview the game is my friend Robbie Sabo from JetsXFactor.com. Ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. The Jets are coming off their bye week, and they are in Foxborough this weekend for their annual road game against the New England Patriots. And joining me to help preview that game is the founder of JetsXFactor.com, Robbie Sabo. Robbie, thanks for joining me today. John B., loving that I'm here. Um, How's everything going? Everything's good. And before we get going, I'm just going to give your website a plug because it is a phenomenal source of Jets news and insight. It's JetsXFactor.com. There are monthly subscriptions for $4.99 a month. And I know people always have an issue with paying for content. Well, this is well worth your money. I can tell you that. There is a, a very talented collection of analysts on this website. If you're a Jets fan, this is the place to go. Now, listen, let's not go nuts. I still want you to listen to my podcast. I want you to go to my website. But after oh, you're yeah. done with that, it is a great place to go. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're a little frustrated with the way some of the bigger sources cover the Jets. This is a way you can support really, really high-quality Jets coverage. So please, I, I encourage you to go to Robbie's website. They give you a free trial so you can test it out, and you're going to love it, $4.99 a month. Yeah, and more than that, you know, the, the, the subscription money does get you some elite content, but most of the content's free. Uh, you can go ad free with this with the uh, monthly or yearly subscription. Uh, first month's free, but listen, like John said, you must go to Gangrene Nation first because Gangrene Nation is still one of, if not the best, independent jet sites out there. Um, as part of SB Nation, of course, but from you know their level, the way they've been doing things for I think it's been well over a decade now. You know, JetX, we've aspired to do some of the things that they do very well, just as well. We try every day. So yeah, John B, thanks for that. Absolutely. And that's one thing I want to make clear is that you know we're not in competition with websites like Robbie's. We, we're friends. We want you to read everything out there because the more smart Jets coverage you read, the smarter you'll be. But anyway, Robbie, let's talk about the Jets right now. And I guess that leads me into the perfect segue because I thought you wrote a great article earlier this week and you talked about Sam Darnold and how after three games, everybody was jumping to conclusions. Oh, the Jets have done it again. They've messed up. And now after the last three games where Darnold has struggled, it doesn't seem that way. And it's I was reading this. I was just nodding along as I, as I read this article because I never understand why people can't just say, you know what? We don't have the answer right now. Let's wait a little while. I don't understand why everybody always has to immediately jump to conclusions based on you know a very small sample size, one, two, three games. Yeah, and, you know, all I picture and when I think about this topic is that 
Homer Simpson gif where he slowly fades into the bushes, you know, those green bushes. It's, you understand it, why it happens. You know, you want quick reactions in sports media, ESPN. I feel like they've led the charge in terms of the Sam Darnold stuff. Um, you know, Orlovsky, I think Orlovsky's great with film, but he tends to hype up pretty much every quarterback, and I understand why. But, you know, when you take a step back, who did Darnold and the Panthers play those first three weeks? The Jets, you know, youngest team in the NFL, first game together, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, rookie OC. The Saints, when they had eight coaches on the COVID list, you know, when you're missing a bulk of your staff, eight coaches, that's a really big deal. And then Houston, week three, we just got to let it play out. Just let it play out. I know Jets fans are impatient. They should be impatient. They have a right to be impatient. But you got to let it play out. Uh, from what we've seen with Joe Douglas, the process is on point, And that's all you could ask for. Obviously, results, too. But if you really want it done right, it, it's got to take that patient pill. Now, let me ask you your impressions of Zach Wilson through the first five games. Well, I don't think we're seeing the real Zach Wilson in that, yes, this is the real Zach Wilson, you know, making terrible plays, inaccuracy. But I don't think he's an inaccurate quarterback, you know, per se. It, the second week, things drastically changed. You know, there was a lot of camaraderie. Uh, in the spring, in the summer, going to Islanders games, getting to know teammates. And it felt like, you know, Zach Wilson was loose. He was free. He was carefree in OTAs, in camp, uh, even, you know, obviously in the preseason too, Green Bay, Giants. And I even felt like he was still carefree in week one against Carolina when he was afforded the chance. You know, early he wasn't afforded the chance, but second half, you know, aside from that one pick, he played like the Zach Wilson we saw on tape in college and we saw in August. Once Belichick came, and I, I'm not so sure it's necessarily Belichick, but just a you know, coincidental set of circumstances, once week two hit, everything flipped. And he's just, as he said in a quote, and you know, I'm actually happy that he said this out loud, he's overthinking things. He's just not playing free. And this could be terrible news. This could be great news. The terrible news is he, is he allows himself to get into this state where everything is, fuzzy everything's going 200 miles a minute and he can't pull off the routine you know like that uh rpo what turned out to be a play action bubble screen to crowder where he just skipped it when the guy and the kid can't even make the routine throws you know design three-step stuff and you could tell he's just overthinking things you're not really seeing the real guy is it bad news or good news it could be bad news like i just said but it could be good news again. It could be good news too, because this tells you that there's a way out and this is not the real him. Uh, his footwork has been not great, but we knew this coming out of college. Sometimes he's not connected upper body and lower body. And I think mechanics are overblown. Sometimes it's a big deal. It maintains a level of consistency, you know, when you're in a funk and you can rely on the mechanics, but for the most part, what Wilson's going through right now is all between the ears and mechanics would not matter. Now I'm going to put the positive spin on this and say that the bye week may have come at the right time then, because it gives you him a chance to kind of clear his head. I know he got away. He went back to Utah. He worked with his personal quarterbacks coach, John Beck. So maybe we'll see that Zach Wilson that we saw through the spring and summer return for this game. Yeah, it's possible. And he spoke today at, uh, in Florham Park. 
I always say at Thorn Park, like it's a, you know, physical place, not a city. I guess you can get away with both. But in Florham Park, he, he discussed what and described what he did during the off uh, during the bye week, excuse me, uh, you know, some family time, uh, spent some time with his personal QB coach, John Beck, disconnected a little bit. And it's interesting, Wilson, I was thinking about this. A lot of what he does is mechanical. You know, he's really young, but he's really good with the media. Uh, his mind, what was the quote? He has a lot of mental horsepower, Joe Douglas said, or Robert Salas said, one of the two, or maybe even both at certain times since they drafted him. A lot of what he does is mechanical, and I'm not too convinced that that mechanical mindset's not hurting him right now, in which, like I said, he's overthinking things. He even admitted it. Someone's got to get through to him somehow. Maybe it's a teammate, something, you know, a joke, in which when they start that pass game and LaFleur's number one responsibility should be getting him confidence early, I don't care what the pass come out in. I suspect a lagged too deep coverage which is what's been happening with the Jets, but, you know, the mechanical nature of his uh, personality, publicly at least, might be hurting him a little bit here, but you're right. The bye came at the exact right time. Uh, you know, if Jets fans should not bury their head in the sand right now because a lot of possibilities remain. Now you said something that I think is very accurate, and it goes not just for Zach Wilson, it goes for the entire team. The Jets have to figure out a way to get off to a decent start because it has been chronic through the first five games. It's been on both sides of the ball. I think that, ironically, the defense's later game performance has kind of obscured how bad they've been in the first quarter, and the offense has obviously struggled to even generate first downs in the first quarter. Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, is it uh, is there anything schematic, or is it just they have to play better in the early going? It's so, you know, I'm kind of like you right now where I'm looking – for answers, like a deeper meaning to what's happening. But it's just not there. They're just not executing. You know, last week, the first drive, uh, first play was a a duo call to Michael Carter right up the gut, and the O-line did get pushed. You know, there was good push against a lighter box, picked up five yards. Great, they're in second and five. Uh, Next play, I think it was a play action. Wilson couldn't find anybody scrambled for three yards. Third and two, where you want to be? This is either the first drive or the second drive. It was a bad snap. Not a bad snap, but Wilson couldn't catch it. One of the two or both. And he recovered, tried to hit Crowder on the sideline, and Crowder drops it. Would have been a first down. So just certain things like that where they're just not executing. But again, before, he's got to dig down deep and figure out a way to get this confidence, this get this kid's confidence rolling early. And one other matchup I'd look to in this game is Corey Davis versus J.C. Jackson. And I thought the first time these teams played week two, Jackson had the better of the play. It's been very up and down through the early going for Corey Davis. There were some games where he played very well. Carolina comes to mind where he had a a couple touchdown catches. Uh, Tennessee, he also played very well. And then there were games where he struggled. And New England was one of them. There was one interception that I'm not sure you could say it's a ball he should have caught, but it was a catchable mm-hmm. ball. It was Wilson's second interception. Now, I put more of the blame on Wilson personally for that because I thought he had an easier completion there to Elijah Moore underneath. But to me, this is a matchup where the Jets need to do better this time because Davis had a struggle against New England in the first game. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of interesting from this perspective. Carolina, their defense, Snow, they were really aggressive against the Jets. And early on, it hurt the Jets. But as the game went on, the Jets figured it out, and Wilson played well against that aggression. And the floor, you know, did some decent things in the second half. 
Belichick really started the blueprint on how to play the Jets' offense. I mean, it's not a mystery that people have been trying to figure out for years, but you get the idea. Defenses have been playing a lot more conservatively, a lot more too deep since week two, daring the Jets to run the ball on early on early downs and just in general. You know, it's a lighter box. See if you can run it against us. And Wilson, who you know had the tendency of wanting to take that deep chunk is just not taking advantage in the intermediate to short areas. So I wondered what Belichick would do this time. You know, maybe he wants to do something different than he did in week two, but I don't think so. I think he's just going to keep playing conservatively. And with Corey Davis and J.C. Jackson, that means more man coverage. That means more, you know, smart bracketing, where Belichick will take a safety and bracket Corey Davis inside and out. Uh, so I think you know Wilson needs to have that in his head, and let's see what Lafleur comes up with with for Davis and Elijah Moore too, as they got to get Elijah Moore going as well. I was just about to bring up Elijah Moore because, as you know, Robbie throughout training camp, he was one of the stars. We heard about him frequently, how he was lighting things up, and then suffered an injury. Actually, the day I was there, I remember we were talking when it, we we watched him walk off the field. Yeah. Uh, and Florin Park, when when he suffered that injury in training camp, and I wonder how much maybe that set him back a little bit because he just hasn't been the guy we were expecting heading into the season. From the based on the reports of training camp, it sounded like he was going to go in and make an immediate impact. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and what was it, week one, when he had those two critical drops? Was it week one in Carolina? I believe so. Um, I don't think he got pinned with exactly two, but two plays, at least that one vertical down the field where he kind of you know, did a baseball slide or, you know, head first slide and just couldn't come up with the catch where you'd think he's the type of talent to come up with that catch. Uh, yeah, I remember that watching it with you at Florham Park. It, anytime you have that early second round receiver for the Jets, any second round receiver, you know, come up hobbling, it's mayday time. It, it's time to worry. And I mean, it's good that he only missed a game or two, Only has only been injured a little bit, but you know, that first week, they got to do something to overturn that bad taste in everyone's mouth with that first week because uh, him operating out of a jet motion type, you know, responsibility, maybe even out of a slot. And that's the other thing, you know, the Mims conversation. I don't know if they just want more in the slot. It takes a veteran receiver to understand how to run routes out of the slot with not having to contend with a sideline. So you have a lot more players, a lot more coverage to read in the middle. I don't know if they want it, but if they do, and if he can pull it off, it would be mighty nice to free up an outside spot for someone else. But hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, everybody has an opinion on the whole Mims situation. So I'm wondering what your take is on what's going on there. I think, do you, would you want Mims, a second round pick, talent who could high point the ball? who's got speed for days to play, of course you do. Is it the biggest problem in Jets land? It's nowhere near the top 90% of problems. So I think it's something that people are holding on to. When you look at the history of second-round picks, it's not that great, you know, across the board, and in, especially in Mims's spot in the late second round. It's boom or bust. And with Joe Douglas, with general managers, people tend to forget even good general managers, most of their picks are busts. It's about development. It's about culture and the process. So, yeah, you want Mims to play, but it just doesn't fit. You know, it, you've got Berrios and Crowder out of the slot. You've got Keelan Cole, who could play everywhere. You have 
Corey Davis. You know, one receiver spot's going to be Corey Davis. The other is going to be another outside spot. And the slot guy is going to be Crowder or Berrios. If Mims could play the slot, I think he'd play a lot more. It's just, it's just really, it's a really tough fit because if you want Berrios or Crowder in the slot, it's tough. How are you going to sit more over Mims or Davis over Mims? So it's not going to happen. I think the Mims situation boils down to this. Everyone screamed about having no receivers last year, no depth. They got receivers and depth to the point where Mims can't even see the field. So it's a good news from that standpoint. I like that interpretation. And we all like going to McDonald's. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food, though. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. You can go there for birthday parties. You can go there, as we said, on a long road trip. Bingo night on Thursdays at your local McDonald's. Did somebody say locked on Jets watch party? So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. I'm loving it. Now let's talk about the other side of the ball. How do you think the Jets approach playing a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones? Yeah, they've been doing a lot more with Mac Jones since they played in week two. Week two, as you saw, it was a lot of dink and dunk cheat stuff underneath. Uh, taking advantage of the way Salah and Olbrich played bend but don't break. And interestingly, they played more of a bend but don't break in week two. I think reacting a little too harshly to the Robbie Anderson touchdown in week one. Uh, but at the same time, they did a lot more elaborate stuff up front. You know, more stunts, more games, getting to the quarterback, and they generated pressure on Mac Jones. So it was really conservative on the back end, really aggressive up front. Against Mac Jones this time, I expect more of the same. Marcus May will help, although there's a lot of drama with the May stuff right now. A lot of rumors. He, he spoke today at Florham Park. But Marcus May will help, you know, having that young uh, – a group of corners. You got to have at least one veteran safety, and that'll help big time. Mosley, if he's in there, that'll help. But that's looking iffy right now. And if he doesn't go, Jamie and Sherwood's going to play the Mike Ulbrick confirmed today. So, you know, I, I think for the Jets right now, it's more about in-house getting their in-house stuff right. This is the NFL. Yeah, you have to game plan and scheme against the opponent, but that's not as important as making sure everything in-house is good. And those young corners have played well all year up until last two weeks ago in London. You know, that last Falcons drive was just, I don't know what coverage they ran when Matt Ryan found Kyle Pitts on that big chunk play to open the drive. I still don't know. Two invert, cover four. I don't know who messed up. Someone someone did something wrong somewhere. And then on that third and 12, third and long, uh, that put Atlanta in field goal range. Again, they're playing off, not knowing the situation. And Bryce Hall, who's been great all year, might have been on him that play. So getting May back will help big time. They, they need that veteran. And you mentioned Mosley's status is a bit up in the air. How do you think that impacts the preparation for this game, the fact that you know you may have a rookie in that Mike linebacker role? It's, I mean, you got to approach it 
as if you're going to do the same thing with Mosley in terms of certain automatic calls, certain checks. But, you know, in the back of your head, you know, you don't want to go too crazy. So, you know, you come over there. This is how I envision it. You come over this specific game plan, you know, on Monday, uh, you unveil it. And then routinely during the week, you'll add to it. You'll you'll get more elaborate sometimes, or you might make it more simple, you know, based on how everything's going to practice. I think Sherwood, if you think of Sherwood as opposed to Mosley, you'll kind of try to keep it simple just in case. Now, looking at this New England offense, which receiving threat concerns you the most? I'd say Kendrick Bourne because, you know, Aguilar, he's a talented receiver, but he'll drop one or two here and there, big ones. Uh, you got to worry about Hunter Henry, but, you know, Kyle Pitts is an anomaly. He's more of a receiver. Cornerbacks have trouble covering him. Uh, I think tight ends have not been crushing the Jets' defense this year. I should be fact-checked on that, though, to be honest. So Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, I'm more worried about Bourne. Uh, Jacoby Myers is good as well, but Bourne is the guy because Bourne seems to have a lot of momentum and the coaching staff really trusts him. Robbie and I are about to make predictions, and you should know that Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Of course, the Jets are returning to action this Sunday, and if you're looking for a delicious snack while you're watching the game, Built Bar has nine great flavors. And if you're not sure what your favorite flavor is, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of all nine flavors. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market, and not only are they great-tasting, they're healthy, too. So order today at Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. All right, well, Robbie... Let's make predictions. Do you think the Jets get their second win of the season this Sunday in Foxborough? I mean, there's just no way you can have confidence in this team. They've moved into the, okay, I can bet on you stage from time to time into the you have to prove it to me first stage. So there's just no way I can uh, call that shot, you know, pretend or think the Jets are going to win until they prove it first. Uh, last two weeks ago, I keep saying last week, two weeks ago in London just cemented it in terms of uh, the way they came out. This slow start is beyond a trend at this point. Busted coverages. I cannot predict it. I cannot predict a win or even think about a win. I'll go Patriots uh, two possessions. I think I'm on the same page with you. And part of this, Robbie, is that the first couple of weeks I picked the Jets and then the week I said they had no shot was Tennessee. So maybe a little reverse jinx working for me. I would love to see it off of by, you know, they've had two weeks to prepare. You hope that they've corrected things. You hope Zach has maybe 
been able to put some of the bad thoughts out of his head, been able to shake off some of the struggles from the first five weeks of the season. But I'm in the same boat as you. I just need to see it before I predict them. I do think we'll see improvement before the end of the year, but on the road, I know New England's been bad at home this year, but I think I'm going with New England 20 to 17. Yeah, I think that's, I'll go, if if we're going to put a score on it, I'll go, uh, I'll give the offense a mini breakout. So we'll go 34-24, two possessions. All right. Well, you heard it here. Robbie, thank you for joining me once again. And check out Robbie's work at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks, John B. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it where podcasts are found and leave it a five-star review. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll be back on Monday to talk about what happened between the Jets and the Patriots.